Welcome to the Doctoral Mentoring Masterclass for faculty sponsored by Walden University's Office of Research and Doctoral Services. I'm Lee Stallander, the Associate Director of Faculty Research Training at Walden. If you're a Walden faculty member and would like credit for listening to this Masterclass podcast, please make a note of the code that will be given during the session and email it to me. I hope you enjoy the masterclass. Hello and welcome. This is Lita Downs again from the Office of Teaching and Learning Excellence. And I would once again like to welcome you to Walden University's sixth doctoral mentoring masterclass. The masterclasses are designed to allow faculty who have been identified as exceptional mentors to share their experiences and insights with the mentoring community. Today's session will be on mentoring the prospectus. And the purpose of today's session is to develop a series of strategies for how to create positive relationships with students, other faculty, and administrators. At this point, I am going to turn things over to our moderator, Dr. Lee Statlander, who will introduce our panelists. Welcome, Dr. Statlander. And Dr. Statlander, you are on mute. Let's try again. Hi, I'm Lee Stallander, and I'm the coordinator of faculty research training in the Office of Research and Doctoral Services. So let's introduce our panel members of exceptional mentors. Mike, can you introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Mike Furukawa. I'm a senior contributing faculty in the uh, School of um, Management and, and, and Human Potential. I'm in the healthcare administration program and also the PhD in health services. Great. And Raj? Hi, welcome everyone. My name is Raj Singh. And uh, briefly, I did my PhD from University of Southern California. I live in Riverside. Uh, love working with our students. I've been with Walden since 2004. I'm a core faculty with the College of uh, Health Sciences and Public Policy. Uh, my background in defense industry, uh, law enforcement, and um, <clears throat> with the Waldman as a core faculty. Uh, currently also serve as a planning commission for the city of Riverside. I mentor over 50 PhD and DPA students. And my interest is in ethic, leadership, public policy, criminal justice, and cybersecurity. So once again, welcome everybody. Mike, how many students do you have? Just before we get started. I uh, 15 students right now, but I've mentored probably 30 students. Um, I can add a little more about my background. Let's see, I live here in the Washington, D.C. area in Durwood, Maryland. I'm a health economist by training, and I work for the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, which is part of the federal government. Okay. And I've been at Wald for about eight years. Very good. So... All programs at Walden have slightly different procedures with the prospectus. Can you each kind of tell us what your program does? And just so everyone knows what you're talking about. So in our program, uh, what happens is um, uh, that the, the, before they come to 9,800, so 9,000 is for uh, PhD students and 8,400 for DPA students. So before they come to these courses, they have a prospectus preparation, preparation courses. And in these two courses, 9,000 for PhD students, basically 
they come with some prospectus that they have prepared, but they have to redo under the direction of the chair and the committee. So that's how it works for us in the public policy. We have a similar arrangement in health services and healthcare administration. There's a prospectus course where um, students work with the faculty to do a draft prospectus form. And this is before they enter into the, uh, the, the uh, dissertation shell course. Okay, great. So in previous master classes, we've discussed the idea of onboarding students and discussing your expectations when they first join you in your course. So how do you do anything like this? How do you bring in new students? So in my case, uh, you know, uh, this is not necessarily a policy for the entire school, but the way I do it when the new students comes in, I have a phone conversation with them or a Zoom meeting with them and talk about the entire dissertation process or doctoral study process for DPA students and help them understand the entire process and get them started with uh, basically thinking about the, or maybe revising or working the same that they came up with uh, from the previous prospectus course and work through that. So that's the starting point for all of, uh, at least my students. And generally, I think other faculty may do the same thing, but I sit, I mean, I meet with them on the phone or Zoom and work through, uh, you know, understanding the whole process that I have a clear understanding of what needs to be done and uh, start moving with the right problem state. I take a similar approach. I try to get to know the students personally, their professional background, their interests, why they're in a doctoral program. Mm -hmm. Then in terms of the dissertation, I try to assess where they're at. Many have a draft um, coming in to the, um, the shell course and try to work with them on the feasibility of their, of their idea, the, the topic, the research questions and so forth. Um, and really use that as the onboarding for uh, working together to try to get some understanding of their goals and then their topic up front. Yeah, I just want to add also that I let my students know that doing the dissertation work or doctoral study work is not the same as taking the courses because these courses are basically driven by students. So they have to be focused, make uh, sure that the time man is managed properly. Some people take longer time the other, compared to other students. So they have to really be disciplined and to move to the process and complete the, uh, the study because without that, it's really difficult to move on because some people take up way too long compared to other students. So it's individualized, so emphasize on the fact that it's very important to focus and manage time and have goals every term to accomplish. Otherwise, it may just go on and on and on. So I try to really focus on that aspect of being in uh, the uh, doctoral you know, dissertation course. So how do you have students approach the prospectus? Where do they start with it? So uh, I, in my case, what, what we do is, what I do is that, you know, I try to work with them to clearly define the problem statement. Because problem statement is the heart of uh, the study. So I focus on, on that part of it because if the problem is defined, I let them, my students know, if your problem is defined correctly, right? Your problem statement, 
your purpose statement, your framework of study, and more time you spend, better off you're going to be. Because clearly defining the problem statement, your purpose statement, will then drive the research questions, right? The research questions are driven by the problem statement in particular. And then that drives the data collection, right? What kind of tools and technology you're going to use uh, for data collection. And I always tell them, in order for you to really complete the dissertation successfully, you should be thinking about, well, when I got the problem, but then how am I going to collect all the data, right? Because the data, without data, then uh, it, it becomes very difficult to complete the uh, dissertation. Then, you know, I point them to data points like variables and interview questions or uh, the kind of survey question they're going to use. And then also talk about uh, following that data analysis. So, key, so the point is the heart of dissertation is a problem statement. So I spend a lot of time uh, defining the problem state, and then of course from that research questions, data collection tools and sources, and data points and data analysis. So that's how I approach this. Yeah, I take a similar approach, focusing on the research problem. Many students are focused on the social problem, and they haven't really drilled into the literature and and what the gap in the literature is. So we work, we work a lot on making sure that the problem is dissertation worthy. And then the other thing I really emphasize is feasibility. Um, are there data available to answer your questions? And you know, are there specific variables in particular that are um, they're in existing data or could be collected? So, we, so this will avoid um, coming up with a, a dissertation that's too broad or um, go, going to be very challenging to actually execute. So I let I let students know up front that um, if they narrow the top the uh, research problem down, uh, try to write questions that are um, related to variables that already exist in secondary data or that could be collected, they will be much further ahead uh, at the end. So I try to begin with the end in mind when I when I'm starting with um, with students. Mm -hmm. We had a question from Tony Perry. Um, if you have changed anything given the changes to moving to Canvas and how we're doing like term goals and that type of thing, have your, your approach to prospectus changed at all? Uh, I didn't really find uh, the dissertation. So we have two, uh, uh, like I said before, they have got a PhD uh, shell, which is 9,000. So they have to go through this survey. Uh, so I review those uh, surveys and uh, basically they have the same, they have come up with the same uh, similar goals like they have done in the past. So I don't see anything different except that, you know, they have to go through the, um, the survey and they respond to some questions. I review those and I discuss with my students. And also for the first week, for example, they have to uh, submit any kind of drafts for review. So I review those drafts, but not a whole lot of different. It's just that they have to respond to survey question I need to review to make sure that we are in alignment together as a mentor as a, uh, and as a mentor. I, I like it. it it's it seems like it's um, well. First of all, it's automated, and and it's all it's there in a drop-down menu. What the term goal would be, 
And they also have to add other pieces of information, like working with um, with myself and and so forth. So it, in a way, it takes away the kind of negotiation of what the goal would be. It's like here's the goal in terms of the menu of options available. You will be checking in with you know with the course to report on your progress, and it allows me to. Um, really focus on what's there, you know, what they've agreed to in the, in the, in the check-in. Mm -hmm. And I, I think Dr. Farouk Power is right. That it's more uh, friendly, actually, right? The new system is more friendly and there's some specific questions they have to answer. So that really, I find it a little bit more helpful compared to what we had in the Blackboard. I'm interested in the logistics of how you work with your students. So do you meet with them regularly? What does that look like? So in my case, what happens in the first week, I, uh, I tell every student, I mean, through the announcement that uh, everyone uh, has the option to meet with me face-to-face uh, -face via Zoom, right? So uh, every week on Mondays, uh, they can meet and we can talk and discuss any kind of issues and things. The other interface is that all my uh, doctoral students have my uh, cell phone number. Uh, they can text me anything that need to talk to me, anything urgently or anything like that, but also email. So I make sure that I'm accessible to them anytime they want to with any kind of questions to uh, the uh, dissertation process or doctoral study process. So that's how I approach. I make sure that you know, and I have their numbers too. If there's anything that I need to talk to them on an urgent basis, I can call them, I can text them. So that's how I approach my students. I take a similar approach. I, I meet regularly with students depending on where they're at in the, in the process. I, I meet much more regularly at the beginning when they're, when they're onboarding and when they're developing the prospectus. Um, just to make sure they're on track. There's there's a lot of process questions. There's a lot of um, their own, you know, um, anxiety and, you know, um, concern about the process. So I try to address all those issues early on. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also available to meet uh, via Zoom and, and by phone, um, you know, on an ad hoc basis. So depending on where they are with their draft, I might meet, you know, um, a few extra times. Um, I will say there are some students that like to meet weekly and there are other students that, that are more ad hoc. So I do accommodate that. So I have, you know, just as, you know, I would say maybe a third like to meet weekly and I will, you know, arrange that in, in, in terms of um, addressing their needs. But it's not a long meeting. It's just a check-in meeting. Maybe they have a few questions. And I, I found phone is actually... Um, as effective at this point, we, we're on Zoom so much, you know, the video is nice, but when, you, you know, I think for myself, I've forgotten how convenient the telephone is as an option for communication. So they can just call me and we can avoid the Zoom meeting invite and those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, also in Canvas, we have cafes. So uh, I encourage my students to post any questions, if you can wait. I can respond. I check my classes every day, so I can check and respond to them there as well. So how often then would you expect drafts from them? 
uh, it really depends upon what stage they are in, right? So uh, the prospectus phase, uh, my expectations for them is that once they get the feedback, they should have a, a quick turnaround, maybe two weeks or something like that, depending upon what kind of feedback you give them in the prospectus, right? But it really depends upon the you know, proposal stage, they have a longer time, uh, final study stage, maybe longer time, but the prospectus stage, my expectation is that one to two weeks, if they get a feedback, unless it is such a huge, uh, different kind of uh, feedback where they have to do a lot more work, which I can't think in any case where more than two weeks is needed. Of course, they're working too, so I keep that in mind. My expectation is one to two weeks should be sufficient to turn around if they want to move really uh, at a good pace. Yeah, I expect um, at least two or three drafts per per term, but I don't require them on a particular schedule. And I, I when I could, when I talk to my students, I have a sense of of where they are in terms of the content. So I know some of the content will require a lot more writing and so forth. So I know the time between drafts will stretch out, but I try to uh, nudge, uh, you know, my students to, um, you know, to move more quickly. So I will email a request, you know, you know, how are you doing with the draft? I really would like to see the next draft um, because of procrastination, you know, and other, other issues. It's helpful just to, just to touch base and see a draft to know what's missing. Maybe there's organizational issues. So there's lots of, uh, before I see a final complete draft that's, you know, not on target. So I like to kind of check in and see intermediate. So what kind of common issues do you see in the prospectus? And how do you deal with them with your students? Common issues, uh, common issues, I would say, uh, not clearly defined problem statement. That's one issue I see. Questions are not related to problem statement. Uh, data collection issues are not exactly aligned. So I would say more common one is the uh, alignment issues. That's more common than not. Or, for example, uh, in dissertation cases, when they do the prospectus, the gap in research is not exactly what uh, their problem statement aligns. So those are the kinds of issues. But more common one is the uh, alignment issues and clearly defined problem and related questions. Those are the most common ones that I see in my case. And how do you resolve that? Well, I uh, work with them and try to help them obviously work on the problem statement with the research gap and uh, come up with the questions that align your data collection uh, that comes uh, after research questions, uh, what kind of instrument to have, what, uh, you know, uh, how to collect your data and uh, potential data analysis in the future. So. I try to uh, work through that at this stage. Of course, prospectus is early stage, but you have some idea as to where they're moving with what they're trying to do. So I try to help them with the problem statement, research questions, and talk more about where they are going, what they want the study to do. So uh, everything is moving towards the future work 
uh, because everything works within the prospectus. So I try to keep in mind and help them with uh, those two items, especially problem statement research questions. Yeah, I, I have similar um, issues that I see um, early on. I think the prospectus is usually too broad and it, it doesn't focus on the gap as, as well. So they're, they find some literature that's on the topic, but it's really, and then if I work with them, I, we discover there are some more recent studies that are actually related to their topic. So they, they haven't really refined it to specifically what their study would address that's different from the other literature. And then feasibility, um, you know, sometimes they have their own idea of what they wanted to do, maybe from their personal history, maybe they they work for a healthcare organization, and they don't know whether data exists or whether they could collect that type of data. So um, it's a kind of a elephant in the room when we first start out, like, if, could they do this? Maybe. Um, it, would they ever get, like, private data on you know, patients or something unlikely in, in healthcare space. So I have to really, um, you know, temper the expectations. You know, they have to get IRB approval. Um, you know, they if they're working for a healthcare organization, they may not be able to get access to the data that they hope they would get. So we try to work on all that up front uh, to make sure they've talked to their organization We've thought through the IRB issues. Is this is this particular question and the variables? Are they are you actually going to be able to do this? And we settle on yes. Um, this is this is feasible, and then we can move forward. And, and alignment is also an issue. I'll, I'll add the the uh, the theoretical foundation and the framework. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes that's misunderstood. They don't understand um, how that relates to the to the research question. So. They tend to pick what's presented in the coursework, some you know just common models that apply generally, <clears throat> and they haven't really thought about how uh, some kind of general model applies to their study. So that I, I try to work with them on that and try to make sure they've thought through the framework and how all the pieces fit together. <clears throat> Uh, one more thing I want to add is that uh, a significant number of students come to prospectus thinking that this is another paper or a project. So I try to dispel the myth uh, in prospectus. This is a serious work, right? This is not a paper or a project like you may have done in the past. So I emphasize that this requires uh, persistence, a uh, lot of work, and eventually it's done. But it's not like a 20-page paper or 30-page paper or a project that you know uh, that you may have done in other classes. So I just want to add on to that. That's uh, something we begin with at the prospectus stage uh, to take this study seriously, and uh, it's going to require a considerable amount of time and effort and persistence to get it done. So often faculty have issues with whether or not they should be, you know, going in and making specific comments or, you know, kind of correcting the student's work as they go, or whether they should have the student talk it through and work that way so that you would be more kind of asking them questions directly. So how are you gonna be doing this? And, you know, 
Do you have you talked to this agency that you're talking about? So do you, which way do you tend to go? Do you make just questions on the paper? Do you tend to ask them directly how they're going to be doing procedures? Yeah, so uh, in my case, because I tend to talk to them on the phone quite a bit or to Zoom, so I ask those questions of them and I let them know that, for example, uh, in the process, when we think about data collection, the kind of study they're trying to do, uh, well, some cases IRB, for example, might be uh, more involved. For example, if you, uh, like sometimes students that try to do uh, studies related to prisoners or um, pregnant women, for example, children. So then those are uh, something that the IRB scrutinizes a lot more closely compared to others but also agencies too. Uh, if they are doing a couple of study at the DPA type of study, the supplied research, well, they have to get all kinds of permissions and consent from the boss or for the company to be able to do that, organizations do that. Now, whereas dissertation, it all depends what kind of dissertation they're trying to do. If they need any kind of permissions from the organization, they should try to have some, some agreement uh, at the prospectus stage, not wait when the proposal is done. So uh, I try to discuss all of this on the phone or not necessarily leave up the comments so we have some understanding to move forward and it really takes a lesser time to uh, go on with the process. I, I try to customize my comments based on the students. So some students follow directions pretty well. They discover in the prospectus form Toward the bottom, there's really there's really nice examples of, of what you what needs to be in the form. So once I point that out and we've discussed, you know, at a high level what their what their problem is, what the questions are, the, the, the data and so forth, it's pretty it's it's actually fairly smooth. Um, other other students need more handholding. They they may have glanced at the examples, but they have a you know tendency to want to write their own you know, their own thing. And, you know, back to the, it not being a paper, it's not a paper. So you end up with a long paragraph where the example suggests one sentence. So, you know, in, in that case, I do have to work, um, you know, with much more written comments. Also, I noticed some people listen well and others not so much. So on a, in a phone call, I'll, I will say things and I will assume that this has been communicated. And then I, I recognize some Students may have not heard what I said, so I have to put yeah. in writing in comment bubble, you know, exactly what I what I said. So I, I'm, I'm sensitive to that now. And it, it also helps for, um, you know, revision. So we, it, it's there, they can see the, the comment bubble. And so I don't, I don't have to have two or three conversations on the phone about the same thing. It's, I've already, written what I would like and it's there. I mean, I try to do these for, for the structural issues, the, you know, not necessarily the writing issues. I think the writing is, can be a challenge depending on the student. So I will work after I get the content and the structural issues resolved with, uh, you know, making sure the, the grammar is clear and so forth, which is, you know, depending on the student can be, can be somewhat of an issue. 
Yeah, and, and I want to further add that our prospectus forms are excellent. And I uh, tell my students to read those instructions for each part in the form. These are templates that we have. And uh, generally, that really helps them a lot, you know. But then any clarification, of course, uh, we talk, I can talk to them on the phone and clarify. But those are templates are excellent, excellent. Well, it looks like we are at the point of having our audience ask questions if they would like. So, Lita, is it possible for people to unmute and ask questions? It is. I will, if you want to raise your hand, I can unmute you and I'll also go through and unmute everybody. So just be mindful um, if you have noise going on in your background <laughs> to stay on mute. Does anyone have comments or questions? Alfie Weinbaum, would you be able to tell us your question? I'm not exactly sure what you were asking on the Q&A. Uh, yes, Lee, I was referring to in the new dissertation. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. In the new dissertation uh, shell, it's now required under the term plan goals, which are fixed, that students continue submitting draft submission with the, what they call the DAT, the uh, uh, data alignment table from the original prospectus. So they are expected, so I was explained, uh, to update this uh, data alignment table as they move through the dissertation development uh, phase. That's something total new to the students. And I wonder if in the prospectus uh, class, uh, not for the ones completed, of course, but the ones who are in now the prospectus phase, we should uh, announce that, uh, that it's an ongoing modification and updating throughout the process uh, is required now. I was not aware of that, but it makes sense totally. Um. Yeah, uh, it came, uh, it's new. It's uh, listed under the proposal development uh, goals in the new dissertation classroom. Okay. Uh, and uh, so I had to tell all my students to go back to their old uh, prospectus form and update accordingly. Some of them have already chapter one, two, and three, and uh, they, they're required to up, uh, upload that with the draft submission. Okay. Okay, thank you. Um, I think it's something we'll have to keep in mind because I know I wasn't aware of that one, but it's a good idea. I can definitely see it. Tony, did you want to ask something? I noticed you flashed. Oh, I'm, I'm good, Lee. I was typing and then somebody asked the question. <laughs> yeah. okay. Thank you. Any other questions? Hey. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. Uh, a quick question, uh, Dr. Singh. Hi, this is Morris. Hi, Morris. Uh, nice to see you. And I can attest to the fact that you are a master mentor. We've worked together with you on many committees. <laughs> thank and... you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 my I friend, was curious. Thank you. Good to hear your voice. Uh, absolutely. My, my, my pleasure. Uh, recently, both you and Dr. Furukawa mentioned that. Uh, you like the prospectus forms, right? Because it's more straightforward, so it makes it easier for students. Yeah. Very recently, the prospectus forms have been revised, including the research design alignment table. Have you noticed any any changes in the students' approach when there's no a column for data points now? It's only data sources, data instruments. Have you seen any changes in the way students approach the research design alignment table? and the new examples? Uh, from my experience, uh, uh, Dr. Bijrano, I have not really noticed that when was the form revised? Do you have the, maybe it's too recent, right? Yeah, ju just in the, in the last month. Yeah, so it has not really affected yet, <clears throat> but I'm pretty sure I'm going to see some uh, impact of it. But as of now, I have not noticed anything significant because it's too new, the, the new template, a new form. Yeah, I, I haven't noticed it either. I, you know, when we write the questions, I try to make sure that it's feasible, that the, that the data points that they would be using to answer the question are available or could be collected. So even if the, um, if that information isn't required to be reported, that's okay, because I'm already comfortable with it being feasible, but I haven't had that much experience looking at the form, at the revised form, and if it, it certainly hasn't been an issue for me recently. Thank you. The code for the sixth master class is TJ88. So while we're waiting, do you have any recommendations for a new faculty member who's just starting to mentor a student on the prospectus? How would you, what advice would you give them? So my advice would be number one to get familiar with the prospectus, uh, you know, uh, the format. Because depending upon where they got their doctorate from, every place works different. We work different at Walden, so you should review the prospectus, understand each component, and I would say also understand the whole process. That will be very helpful for the new faculty member who is doing it for the first time in our system because if someone has done a PhD from a traditional system, it's quite different uh, in so many different ways, you know, the process and how everything works and role of a even chair and the committee member, the URR. So get familiar with the prospectus form itself, but also get familiar with the whole process so you can really help our students move along with each stage of the dissertation uh, process. Good advice. I, I agree with that. The form is excellent. As, as Dr. Singh mentioned before, I think it's excellent. It, it is very um, organized and it, and it, it forces uh, students to provide, to focus on the key information. There's examples at the end that I think are excellent also. So it's, it's, um, it, 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 if you first open it up, you're not familiar with that, the way it looks, it may look a little daunting. But once you have 
um, played with it, so to speak, and you, you know, you, you worked with it with a, with a student or two, you'll, you'll see that, you'll see how it's actually quite um, organized. It's like a recipe where they would add, you know, particular pieces of content to get to the next place. And so I think that's a really, and each box is, is important. So try to make sure you're fully understanding what's being asked in each particular section so that it, so you don't miss um, a particular place and, and it will come back unnecessarily. Very good. So we are almost out of time. Do you have any final suggestions, anything else that you'd like to share with our audience? My suggestion for students is to, uh, as I always tell my students, uh, number one, get familiar with the entire process of doing the dissertation. Number two, manage your time properly. And number three, take some topic that you can complete it because good dissertation is a done dissertation, right? So that's my advice for students. And that begins with prospectus. You gotta take something and complete in a reasonable time so um, again, emphasize again and again, uh, uh, get it done. Your good dissertation is a done dissertation. I, I would uh, reemphasize, begin with the end in mind. I, I try to ask students to get some example Walden dissertation so they can see what the final um, product looks like. Um, I, think, uh, I think doubt and um, um, there are people's own confusion is one of the biggest obstacles. So try to, um, you know, get, get your expectations in order, uh, try to get some support early on uh, so that you can make it through. The, the confusion doesn't need to be, be between the student and, and the chair. I try to make sure that's not the issue, that the confusion can be in the own student's mind about what the impact of the dissertation might be or something in the future, but the, but the process is well-defined. So I, I agree getting um, clarity on the steps and what's actually required in the form is, is easy because it's already spelled out. So if we just focus on that, we can get much further along. Excellent. Well, thank you both so much. I think you really clarified a lot of the process of the prospectus for faculty. I would like to invite everyone to our next masterclass. It will be on January 19th. It will be at 4 p.m. Eastern, and it'll be talking about mentoring the proposal. So we'll move on in the process. Thanks, everyone, for coming. Thank you. Thank you very much. This podcast was sponsored by Walden University's Office of Research and Doctoral Services. Our music was by Excel Music Publishing, licensed under Creative Commons. Mm -hmm.